Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, June 8th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Black Lives Matter protests are picking up steam around the world. So are the corporate donations going to U.S. civil rights groups since Minneapolis police killed George Floyd. Meanwhile, Fidelity International's chief executive is warning of a corporate solvency crisis as economies emerge from lockdown. And hundreds of thousands of sailors are stranded at home or at sea because of the pandemic. Members of the shipping industry are worried that this is going to take a toll on global trade. Plus, the U.S. is having a hard time pinning down its actual unemployment rate. The FT's James Politi will explain why this is such a big deal and what the government is doing to fix it. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. That's the sound of protesters in Bristol, England, tearing down the local statue of slave trader Edward Colston and dumping it into the harbor on Sunday. It's just one example of how the protests over the death of George Floyd and police brutality have stretched beyond Minneapolis, where they began. Demonstrations popped up in Asia, Europe, and Australia over the last few days. And protesters continue to gather in cities across the U.S. over the weekend. Demonstrators in New York, Washington, and Philadelphia, among other places, all marched in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. All the while, civil rights groups in the U.S. have received a surge in corporate donations since the death of Mr. Floyd. The FT reviewed statements from U.S. companies. Our journalists found that more than $450 million in pledges is going to groups that are focused on social and racial justice. Walmart and its foundation promised to put $100 million into a new racial equity center. Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Spotify announced donations of $10 million or more. Apple gave an undisclosed amount to groups, including the Equal Justice Initiative. Now, turning to the pandemic. The head of Fidelity International is warning that the asset management industry will struggle to provide enough capital to fix the solvency problems public businesses face as economies emerge from lockdown. Chief Executive Ann Richards told the FT that many businesses will need more money to offset the high levels of debt they took on during the crisis. She said the fund industry could support a high proportion of that recapitalization, but not all of it. Her comments come as investors grapple with big questions over which companies to back and which to let fail. The pandemic has left businesses ranging from travel to retail struggling to survive. Globally, fund managers are sitting on larger cash piles than usual, according to a Bank of America survey. But Ms. Richards said there were not huge levels of cash quickly available to support companies. And there are 400,000 sailors stranded at home or at sea because of the coronavirus pandemic. And people within the shipping industry worry this will put a strain on global trade. There are rising concerns for crews over fatigue and safety because of coronavirus. Last week, a German-owned tanker refused to sail unless a replacement crew could be brought in. Many crew members across the industry have worked several months beyond their contracts, meaning they've exceeded regulatory limits. And ship owners, unions, and captains have sounded the alarm over safety. 
It's a big deal because shipping is the engine of globalization. Around 80% of world trade by volume is carried out on vessels that range from container ships to fuel tankers and dry bulk carriers. That's according to United Nations statistics. But the smooth operation of the freight trade is being held up by travel restrictions. They prevent crew from disembarking to return to their home country, or from traveling to a port where their ship is waiting for a crew change. The industry is now calling on governments to create safe corridors that would allow free movement of one and a half million commercial seafarers. These include designating seafarers as key workers who can travel without restrictions when leaving or joining a vessel. It also includes creating safe areas and airports for their transit and accepting official maritime documents as proof of identity. Last week, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics released its latest jobs market report and uncovered a bit of a surprise in the process. It showed that the U.S. added 2.5 million jobs last month after it had lost more than 20 million in April due to the pandemic. And the unemployment rate fell from 14.7% to 13.3%. It was an unexpected improvement, to say the least. And U.S. President Donald Trump accepted the jobs market report as a victory. Well, thank you very much. It's a very big day for our country. It's uh, affirmation of all the work we've been doing, really, for three and a half years. This isn't just over the last few months. This is uh, for three and a half years. But those job numbers have caused doubt among economists. The FT's James Politi has more. There was a note at the bottom of the um, Bureau of Labor Statistics release, which said that some of the workers had been misclassified in the report as they had been the previous month. So it's been a problem from the beginning of the pandemic, which recurred again during the month of May. And essentially, some people were classified as absent from work, but still employed, rather than on temporary unemployment, which would have left them in the category of the, of the jobless. And because of that, the Bureau of Labor Statistics said that If that mistake had not been made, the unemployment rate would have been three percentage points higher. And actually, it's a smaller correction than it had been in April, because in April they had said that if that mistake had not been made, the unemployment rate would have been five percentage points higher. But it's still a a significant um, discrepancy. So, James, can you explain why this is such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal because to have a sort of an alternative unemployment number floating around there at a time when businesses, economists, officials are all scrambling around trying to figure out what the true state of the economy is. And um, we're in an election year, so it's a particularly politically sensitive moment to be releasing jobs numbers. For both these reasons, I think it's very important that the Bureau of Labor Statistics gets this right and has a consistent number. On the other hand, they're grappling with forces that they've sort of never really dealt with in in their lifetimes. This is a far greater disruption to the labor market than, you know, anything they've seen in previous recessions in the post-war period, or even, you know, local temporary disruptions such as like hurricanes and other natural disasters. So, James, are these job numbers good or does the mistake take away from it? 
The mistake should not take away from the progress that we've seen, which is really unexpected, i.e. almost every economist and official was expecting the job situation to get worse in May before it started to get better in June and July. And so this suggests to us that the jobs market has started to recover earlier than expected. Of course, the hole is still incredibly deep. So it only we only clawed back about 10% of the job losses suffered in, in April. And these are huge job losses. So the labor market is still in a very deep, deep slump that will take a long time um, to recover from. It's just that the situation was improving sort of undercover um, more rapidly than we thought it might be. And James, have they been doing anything to fix it? And if so, what? So they're trying to fix this from the beginning, actually. And they've been trying to send out sort of the new guidelines to the, the field staff who conduct some of the interviews and who actually have been conducting the interviews sort of remotely, whereas normally they would be doing so in person, which adds another complication. So they've been telling people to make sure that if somebody's furloughed due to the pandemic, they should be classified as temporarily unemployed and not employed but absent. And I think the message is getting through, but but slowly. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.